Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another new episode of the Define University podcast and another edition of the Share Your Story series. I am so excited to bring to you an educator that I cannot wait to jump into this conversation with. So listeners, get ready. Dr. Brandon Beck is here to share his story with you. So Brandon, welcome to the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to you. I'm excited to be here. So this is awesome. Big fan of your work. And I think this is going to be a great conversation. We have a lot of similarities and and I'm excited about it. Absolutely. I, uh, so we're going to just jump right on in. And so uh, Brandon recently is the, well, not even recent, I think you've been working on it for a little while, but had um, Unlocking Unlimited Potential um, published. And I'm not going to lie, I was so excited to get my hands on it. And then things got postponed a little bit. So I was able to start diving in today. And I cannot wait to talk all about that. But if people are not already connected with you, Brandon, could you give a little, just a little intro about kind of who you are, what your mission as an educator is before we dive into all the things? Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny because at the beginning of the pandemic, I didn't have many followers and I didn't have even really a, a consistent social media account. So I, at the beginning of the pandemic, had been sitting on a book that I was tinkering with. I was telling everybody for about three years that I was going to write a book as I was defending my dissertation and going through the doctorate program. And I kept saying, well, I'm going to do something with some of this information someday. And so I just created like a secret folder, so to speak, in my Google Drive. And I just, anytime I was on a trip or away or had a moment, I was writing and just doing a little bit of writing going on and, and, and building up these stories and stuff like that. And you know what, to be honest with you, I just then started to turn to social media once the pandemic hit, just for whatever reason. And as I hit the pandemic, I started to see all these people out there posting chats with hashtags and Q1, A1, and I didn't know what was going on. And I started to realize that there was a thing called Twitter chat. And then I started to do four to six Twitter chats a week, started to connect with people that were in those Twitter chats and started to, to really feel inspired about the journey and was writing the whole time. So the book came and I got to a point where I was ready to find a publisher. I never met Brian Aspinall before the pandemic. I never even heard of him. He is a superstar in Canada, by the way, is what I hear. And, and, I, and I think he's turning into a superstar here. But for the most part, I ran into him and we talked, had a, had a phone call. I sent my kind of plan of what I, what, what I wanted to do, sent it to him. We had a talk and we had a great conversation. And about an hour later, I had a contract in my mailbox when I got home and I was floored and started to realize that this book that I had inside me was really going to come into play. I got a deadline to finish and this book is a, it's a labor of love, I always say. And 
it's been such a unique experience and I know I'm rambling on here, but it's been such a unique experience with just going from being a teacher in the classroom. Cause that's what I am. I am on the day to day. I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher from nine to three. I'm also a soccer coach from five to eight to six to 10. I run a soccer club here in, in Westchester County, New York. We service about 1500 to 2000 families, kids ages four to 23 in youth programs all the way up to programs where kids go play college soccer and I've always been a a soccer player and a coach is what I turned into right after I graduated and I always saw the opportunity for coaching and teaching to go hand in hand and you know then that's kind of who I am in a nutshell and it's to be honest with you it's been an amazing past couple of weeks since the book has come out I, it's surreal just seeing people post pictures of that are reading it and like yourself you're going to be the first person that I actually talk to who has read parts of the book so I'm excited because you put out this all this whole thing out there and you're like well I think it's really good I worked really hard on it my mom said it's really good too and and Daphne and Brian enjoyed it so I'm assuming you know obviously I had a major conversation with Daphne because She's the most fantastic editor in the world and her, her, her passion her dedication and her creativity just made it so much better. It's just a really unique process taking your, your vision of who you are. I mean, I, my purpose as an educator is to inspire and guide students and teachers to believe in their infinite potential. And that's just, that's the story right there, Lindsay, in a nutshell. <laughs> it is. And it is an amazing story. So I, I told you, I started reading it this morning, uh, partially because I knew we were chatting and I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta be ready. And I couldn't put it down. Like I could not put it down. I think your ability, and it's funny because you gave me this advice a little while back through a, through a DM, you know, we were talking about, cause I have a book in the works and it's, it's very much in the works right now. It's, it's not, Um, I don't really know which direction I want to go. And you gave me some really great advice of make it a combination, right? Make it stories with some research, with some evidence, um, with some reality, right? And connect it to, to what your mission is. And I'm reading your book and I'm like, this is exactly what he's talking about. You have your why, like front page, right? Get, get to the why, but then you have all of this you know, research of pulling in. And I love because it's not research that educators often hear about, right? To have Rhonda Bird in the, in the magic and the secret, like be embedded in that and the law of attraction. And there are things that I have found over the last couple of years that it's, it's partly what I coach. And I know educators don't hear it because I had no idea what it was when it was introduced to me. And I just, I literally was reading, like shaking my head, like, yes, please get this into the hands of every educator because When I shifted that mindset from I have to do more and I have to go find the right thing and the perfect strategy and I flipped it to, no, but what is true to me? What do I want out of this world? What can I bring to whatever role I serve? Well, that's when life became fun and that's when things became so clear. And to me, that that jumps off of the page. And so I just wanted to start with that. I think it's absolutely amazing. Um, And I, like I said, I'm only halfway through, so I can't wait to read the second half. Uh, It's really awesome to hear. Um, Yeah, it is. It's awesome to hear. And like I said, people can write a book in a a week, a year, whatever. I mean, for whatever reason, I had just 
found in this writing process that I was always taking notes about stuff. I'd be watching the movie, The Karate Kid with my kids. And there's a part in the book about Mr. Miyagi. And I was like watching, as I was writing the chapter, I happened to watch Karate Kid. And I started to think about who are, who are different, who are people from different environments that can come in that we can all learn from. And I think even as a teacher, we use multiple forms of media, right? It's not always us standing up there and speaking to the kids. Sometimes it's a TED talk. Sometimes it's a video. Sometimes it's stuff kids did last year, etc. cetera. Um, we're always trying to inspire. And I think that's really what it's about at the end of it is there's so many inspiring individuals that are out there that are doing great work. And it's not just about teachers. It's also about coaches. It's also about professional athletes. And a lot of it is all about the story, right? I feel like I try to use a lot of stories because our stories are so important. And that's what I was saying to you as well. And that's, I've spoken to numerous educators in the past five, six months who've reached out to me and, and asked me about what it's been like writing a book. And I said, we all have a story to tell. And being an educator is a crazy journey. And there's actually a chapter in the book that you're going to come up on soon. That is, I, the book, the whole book is broken into three parts. So the first part of the book is the foundation. You need to build the foundation of everything. And that starts with knowing your why, growth mindset, social emotional learning, and core values. Then the, the second part of the book is using challenges as opportunities for growth. And I talk about being an educator, being a white male educator, being an educator, most importantly, as who is not bilingual. And I teach a dual in a dual language classroom. 60 to 75% of the students that I teach are Hispanic Latino. I have students in my class, it's a dual language. In the morning, they're with me in English. In the afternoon, they're in Spanish with another teacher. And I flip-flop. And I just went through so many moments in my career that were, that were difficult um, and it, during that process. I mean, I volunteered to be a dual language teacher. I didn't know what it entailed. I just, I, I never spoke a language as a kid. I wasn't able to. I had a, a, a language deficit as a kid that gave me an IEP and didn't allow, it didn't allow me to stay in language classes for whatever reason. And so those challenges that were buried within that kind of came to the surface, those self-limiting beliefs, so to speak, they came to the surface for me because I was at a conference and I was presenting at a conference and all of a sudden I'm hearing all these people it was a conference for bilingual educators. Everybody's calling themselves a bilingual educator. And I'm like, what? Wait, I've been teaching in a dual language program for six years at this point. And I never realized that I was really teaching. I was a bilingual teacher. And it was like, this it led me on this whole epiphany. I, I changed my dissertation. I focused my dissertation on the, how teachers feel about their ability to teach language learners. And that's because, and that came out this whole idea of what, what is self-confidence, right? And so within that, there's so much, there's so much thing to be gained from challenges to lead to self-confidence. And, and so that's the second part. And then the, the last part is tying it all together, that believing in you. It's there's, now I bring in those authors, those research, that research support from those professional development authors. And I compare them to Dewey and Maslow and their work and how it's all con connected and they're all whether it's a ladder or a pyramid, the scaffold, that's all about this journey towards unlocking your unlimited potential. And, and that's what I really believe is that the goal of all educators is to be able to unlock unlimited potential in 
all we serve. And the journey starts with us. Absolutely. And so many things. So I want to I wanna dive into limiting beliefs. So before we do, I think something that just kind of resonated with me and hearing you share that is that, you know, we all have that story to tell and it, it takes that vulnerability to share your story. But something I think that's really important for, for educators, for anybody listening to hear is that you have the power to decide how you share your story. So if writing a book is, is your method, write the book. If doing a podcast is your way, do the podcast, right? If blogging, if speaking. I think so often we latch on to what works for other people. I know I did for years. You know, if he or she found success doing it this way, well, then I need to do it that way. And, you know, I think that that's what I call should build, right? When you're doing something because you think you should, you're living in a place where you're not exactly what you said. You're not living from your own truth, your authenticity. And so I think it's just important that you get to tell your story and you choose how you tell your story. Do what works for you. Don't recreate or try to create something that's not you because it's not going to, it's not going to feel good and it's not going to have the impact you're looking to have. Yeah. And I, and I think that walks me right into the next thing, right? So now you're telling your story and you're sharing your story and there comes that vulnerability with that, right? Brene Brown, all of her research is in that whole area of vulnerability and what it takes to be brave, right? And so now there's that point where I'm at and the book comes out on December 22nd. Now it's like, all right, who's going to buy the book? And then, okay, Who's going to actually read the book? And then who's going to like what they read? So, and, and even before that, when, when you finish the draft, you send it to the editor. So I send it to Daphne and I'm sitting there waiting like, does she like it? Does she not like it? And I'm like emailing her, I just want to make sure you like it. Are, are you good? You know, and it's, she's like, no, definitely. And, and you get to this whole part now where, all right, I'm out there shooting videos of myself, but it's all tied to my purpose. It's all tied to your purpose. It's all tied to what's the reason behind it. Like, no, I, I'm not really the kind of in your face person that is one of those people. Like I said, I didn't even have a social media account, you know, really that I used before March. And I just, for whatever reason, maybe the stars aligned and for whatever it was, just I, I found myself going on this path of, I want to help other educators who felt like, they were in a position like I was. I mean, I have a national board certification. I have the doctorate in educational leadership. I have the degree, the certificate, whatever. At the end of the day, that means nothing. And here I was sitting there in this point in my career, right around COVID, I was just getting frustrated. I, I didn't know where to turn. I didn't know what to do. For whatever reason, I started to turn to writing. And then all of a sudden now this story comes out, the, the book comes out, you know? And you start to see people reading it and it's, it's surreal. And the fact that you're, that I'm hearing that I'm connecting, like I've, these first readers of mine, I've connected with so much because I, I really appreciate that people are taking the time to read 209 pages of Brandon Beck. Yeah. And I think that the really cool part, and I was just talking to a friend about this the other day, is that I think so often we're conditioned to believe that if we have a, we have a goal or a dream, whatever you want to call it, we have to know every step along the way to get there, right? Like, oh, I want to do that. And so I need, I need this. And I said, or, or you don't, you know, and I very simply was like, but you don't like you are, it's on your timeline right now because you thought about it. 
Like it's on your timeline right now because it's on your heart. It's on your timeline because we get to create what that looks like. So, so if it's meaningful to you, if it aligns to your purpose, you don't have to know the what or the how. You anchor into the why. And I think it was so, it was one of those moments of like, oh, I don't have to plan it all out. And this is coming from a person that was a planner, like to a T. And now I have had more freedom, more expansion since I didn't. You know, I, I have a journal coming out pretty soon and it came together in about 14 days. Like that, that's mind boggling to me. Somebody that used to would say, okay, I'm going to do this by Friday and this by that day. Like, sure. Our, you know, small steps are great, but I think small steps are only great when you have it totally anchored to your why, when it's absolutely purposeful to you. And I think I see a lot of people, again, kind of setting these beliefs of like, well, I have to do it this way or it won't work. And I'm like, says who? Like, where is it written that that's your journey? Because if your journey isn't written, you get to write it every day. And I think once I started figuring out what these thought, how important the thoughts we think are, because I was always do, I was always take action. And as someone that studied behavior, it took me a little while to figure this out. And now I'm like, oh, it's not about out there. It's about in here. And so I'm curious with you, like in terms of learning and breaking down limiting beliefs, because I'm, I'm assuming some popped up while you were writing this book, as you said, like, okay, but now who's going to read it? Who's going who's gonna to buy it? What do you do to help yourself kind of break down those beliefs that may be limiting you or holding you back? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I, at the beginning of all of this, as I started to begin, as I got the contract uh, or right before, as I started to push it out, actually, probably about two months before I pushed it out in the middle of COVID, I'm a big reader of Tony Robbins. I'm a big supporter of his work. Um, one day I will eventually take the classes that I need to be a life coach through Tony, uh, results coach, I should call it. Um, I invested personally in a results coach. Um, and I meet with this guy in California. He's now like one of my best friends and I've never met him in person. We meet every three, uh, three times a month. So about weekly almost. And each day we have, I have like a little questionnaire that I fill out before I speak on the phone, things I want to do. And then we come up with a plan. I talk for 30 minutes and then I leave charged and ready to go. Just more focusing because they have a point, they have a method. And I talk about it in my book at Tony Robbins It's called RPM. It's called rapid planning method. And it is the most simplistic way to be able to accomplish any result or any goal. And I use it with my students as well. Um, and it's basically you identify a result the goal, whatever it is, the R, and then you design a purpose attached to it. So, and there's six questions you ask. So what will it be like when I achieve this goal? Why do I want to achieve this goal? What will it be like if I don't achieve this goal? Who will I become if I achieve this goal? Or just a few of the questions. And then after you've thought through the purpose related to that, you then go to, all right, now here's the how. What's the massive action plan? The end. Now I start to list step one. All right. Step one, well, I'm gonna do, I need to find, I need to finish chapter nine. All right, well, how many hours is chapter nine gonna take? Well, it's gonna take me three hours. When am I gonna do it by? And just kind of accomplishing and staying true to that was really important. The other thing I did have, I mean, I had so many times as you're writing a book, I would say maybe 100 times a day you get self-limiting beliefs. I would say as a human being, I haven't counted and I'm sure the research is out there somewhere I, I would like to know how many self-limiting beliefs out of the 80,000 thoughts that we have in our head on a daily basis, 
I would like to know what percentage of those are self-limiting because we all have them. You stub your toe, you have a self-limiting belief. You, you lock your keys in the car, self-limiting belief. And they're just everywhere. And so one strategy, one exercise that I went through as well was write it like as I was writing this book and I was just, you know, you're writing it and it's challenging because it's hard to write and put it in the way you want it. And sometimes you have a good writing day and sometimes you have a bad writing day and you go nowhere. And part of the reason is you get in your own way. And I was talking to my coach and he was like, what I want you to do is I want you to write, write down your top 25 reasons why people are going to want to read your book, why Brandon Beck is a good author. And so I wrote, I just sat on my phone, put on speech to tech, text, and I started making these positive affirmations, you know? And so, yeah, we all go through this stuff. And I think that's really what life is a challenge of. Like life is, you know, everybody goes through life through like a snowball fight. And our job is just trying not to get hit. And so I think that that's really what it's all about and that we need to understand. And I hope people understand about me that when I sit there on a video or I'm sitting here and I'm talking to people and I'm promoting a book and I'm trying to sell the book because number one, I, I want it to work. I want it to be successful and I want people to read it. And I'm hoping that people will understand that when they see that and they won't be like, well, that's Brandon Beck. He's just the the guy who they sees no evil or, or has no negative days or bad days. No, I just choose the content that I want to put out there. I want that to be more positive, but I also want it to be real so that I can help. Absolutely. I think, and I think that's so important. Like I, you know, even having gone through one of the, the toughest two weeks periods of my life, I still found joy every day. I still found purpose in every day doesn't mean I wasn't heartbroken, doesn't mean I wasn't grieving, doesn't mean, it just means that I know how powerful my thoughts are. And I know if I allow those thoughts to overpower me, well, then I'm not going to be the Lindsay that I want to show up as. Now, did that mean some days it was 24-7 crying? Absolutely. But that's how I chose to show up that day. Um, not on social media, that was in my own, you know, personal um, piece, but I think it's so important. And I think the thing that I think I've learned with limiting beliefs is that it's not anything crazy. Like you said, like how many thoughts do we have? And one that comes up a lot with, with educators I coach has to do with mornings. And I often hear, you know, I'm not a morning person. You know, they see that I'm, I'm up at 4.30, I do my morning routine and, you know, they'll say, Lindsay, I want that too. I want some time to serve myself before I serve others, but I'm just not a morning person. And my response is, well, yeah, not with that thought, <laughs> not with those words, because if you're telling yourself you're not a morning person, you're not going to be. Now, if you flip it and you tell yourself you are, you tell yourself an anchor to a why and make it purposeful, you will be a morning person. Um, and I think that's just what's really important is to is to listen, like truly listen to the words you're speaking, because they are going to guide your actions. 100%. I think that's directly quoted from my book, because I say those same exact things in some way. But yes, you're and when you talk about the secret, right, your thoughts are like magnets. Mm -hmm. And you know, your thoughts are connected to your actions and your beliefs. And that's even goes back into theories that are so deep in all of that, like what you, you are what you think. And I agree with you 100%. And I think, I think going to the next step and continuing to focus on that is that's why I think personally, everybody needs coaching. And I think, or at least some sort of accountability partner, someone that you can call up, you can pay for it. It can be, sometimes it can be your best friend. 
Sometimes it can't be your best friend. Sometimes it needs to be a complete stranger that you have no perception of right now and you need just a dry slate. And I think that that's what's really cool. And I think that's a really purposeful job and hopefully a career that I can eventually start to really continue to work with because I enjoy working with teachers and I really enjoy that side of it. I mean, I'm in the class nine to three and I love working with students. I really do, trust me. But I also am a college professor. I also teach a class at a university. Um, and in that class in the university, I just love working with teachers that are in the field and it's just unique. And I feel like one thing that we all go through as educators, is it's a, it's a taxing career. And I feel like there's a lot of pressures of everything. And it's funny when I first pitched the book to a couple of publishers, the title of the book was close your door and teach. And I decided that that wasn't the, the, the words that I wanted it to be because it wasn't the fact that I, it was saying like, shut up doing, that was the furthest thing from it. And I wanted it to be something more purposeful. And then I went, my, my second title was actually going to be educate with passion because Tony Robbins, he has a calling like every, at the end of all of his audio programs, he says, live with passion. And he says it with such passion. And so I felt like that was it, but I, I really had like a list of like 20 different titles as I was working through. And I always had potential in like 75% of the titles. And I feel like there is this, this ability that everyone is unlimited. And I even had a career when I was, I had a teaching job before I started actually teaching where I taught at an outdoor adventure center. And it was an outdoor ropes course and we would have people come. And I remember there was this blind person once and I was on belay. I was holding his rope. He had a harness on and he was climbing up a rock wall. And I just remember that vision. Whenever I sit there and think about unlimited potential, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, this guy, he was 63 years old. He was 63 years old. He was blind and he was climbing up the wall. And I was just sitting there saying like, there is no limit to what can be done and just all kind of tied in. I just feel like you look at the, you look at the picture on the cover and I know this is a podcast and you probably can't see it, but there's a key on the cover and there's a person helping a person up or that person is helping themselves up. And so it's just a matter of how do you see your potential and it all starts with us. I love it. And I love, I love the, I mean, I love all three words and, and this is coming from someone that loves words. <laughs> Hence why my, my business is define you. Um, because I think how we define things is so important. And that unlimited is really what I, I anchor into because it's funny. So my word for 2020 was limitless. And I know that. I, <laughs> and I just, because I, I think too, I put so many limits on myself. That's what I did for years. And I think I see, I see students do it to themselves. Or I see, you know, teachers have conversations about, well, that's how this kid is. That's what it's going to be like. And again, my favorite race says who? Like, says who? Like, this is what happened today. I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. If I stay the same, right? Sure, the same thing might happen. But if I change, if we change our behavior, then everybody around us gets to change too. And I think it's just so important that 
we recognize that unlimited piece that the only limits there are are what we put on the situation or what we put on ourselves. And they start with the thoughts that we hold. And they start with the thoughts that a lot of us have carried with us from childhood. And one of the hardest parts, I love that you brought up coaching because that truly is what, what allowed me to do this. You know, I had bought all the self-help books before. I had, you know, dabbled into like watching the YouTube video or this, and they were okay. They got me, they got me kind of over, you know, small humps and, but I always kept coming back to this big situation. And I lived, you know, in a home surrounded by addiction and mental health challenges. And I never could like crack the code on it, so to speak, because I never allowed myself to feel what I was feeling. And literally the first conversation with a coach, like, it all came out. And I was like, whoa, what did I just do? But it was absolutely what I needed. And it was that next level of, okay, now we're going to break all these things down, all the things I think I can't be or can't do. And now we're going to rewrite them and I'm going to make them happen. And in two years, they've all happened tenfold. And I love helping other educators see that in themselves to say, it doesn't have to be, you know, do this strategy and that will change. It's look within and, and teach and, and educate and transform your lessons from your purpose. And it really does become fun and exciting. And are there moments of overwhelm? Of course. But those moments of overwhelm then to me are there so we can see what's, what's clear in front of us. What's the lesson? What's the, what's the meaning? What's the, what's the purpose? And I just think it's so, it, it just relates so well together. I think as, as teachers, as educators, truly remembering that we, as well as the students we serve, truly do have unlimited potential in who they can become. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like as, as educators, it's important. As parents, it's important. As coaches, it's important. As whatever, what, that's why I also wanted to reach other readers. And there are people who have reached out to me that aren't teachers that are reading it um, as well. I have a couple of friends of mine who are life coaches and very spiritual in that realm of life coaching as well. And they, they also have really enjoyed it. been sending me like pictures of them doing little exercises along the way, which has been really cool. And I think it all goes, it all goes to show that whole idea is we can't get to unlimited potential with self-limiting beliefs in our way. And I think that's important. And for whatever reason, those self-limiting beliefs occur. And for leaders who are administrators, directors, principals, superintendents, et cetera, it's something to be said because it's a complicated world in public education. There's a lot of things in public education that have not changed in 50 or more years on, and we are still doing things in a certain way. And that's kind of why the chapter came out in looking at challenges for opportunities to growth, I wrote a chapter. Well, I didn't write it. I wrote a little bit of it. And then I brought in nine to 10 of my author friends and teachers and people from all over. And the title of the chapter is when one door closes, a virtual one opens. And what I had is I had other authors and people, educators, Dave Schmidto, Brian Aspinall, Jonathan Alshimer, Frank Rudneski, Darren Pepper, uh, a principal that is my principal who's a, an amazingly inspiring educator named Michelle Greer. Um, and even more, I can't even remember all of them, they're so great, but 
they wrote about their experiences during this time. And each of their takes are very interesting as a superintendent in Colorado, a teacher in Virginia, a professor in Canada, uh, Che and Pav also from Staff Room Podcast, Podcasters. What was that like for them? And I tried to bring in different perspectives and, and I kind of wanted to let control of that chapter go and give it to other people so that they could share what that is because unlocking unlimited potential is not a new concept. It's something that a lot of people believe in. And I really wanted to say, instead of looking at COVID-19 as a dark, scary moment, what was the silver lining that you saw? And would you mind writing about it? And so I hope that it was helpful for them to write about it because that reflective experience hopefully led them to some better discoveries in themselves. And I feel like that was me kind of trying to say to everybody, like, this is not something that we can do is just look at a challenge and just fall apart. And we're going to just continue to hear so many different kinds of noise from the critics and the naysayers. And those people are everywhere. And it's important that we just believe in ourselves and then we believe in our students and we really push forward together. Uh, I, I, I love it. I'm like, I mean, again, people can't see me, but I think my neck's going to hurt just <laughs> nodding, um, nodding so much. And, but I just think it's so, I so thank you for sharing it because I think it's so, I, I not even think, I know it's so desperately needed. And, you know, even in my role as behavior specialist, like number one question I get is what strategy can I use? And I always, I'm, I'm always challenged to find the right words because it's not about the strategy, right? And it, depending on how well I know the teacher, for some of them, I will say, well, let's, let's skip the strategy first and tell me what you, you think about the behavior. Tell me what, and it really is getting at like, what's their bias about the behavior? Because if we think something is wrong, if we think something is not right in our brains, no strategy is going to make it right. And, and it's really, it, Again, if I know them well enough, we can have this conversation. If I don't, then I, I, I go the strategy route while I'm like planting the seed on the, on the behavior bias mindset shift. But I think, because I did that for years, I would constantly go to my principals, you know, in tears, I can't do this. this, this student doesn't belong. Like I eat those words now because it is my goal to keep every student in class. It is my goal to, to help every student share their voice. And again, I could look at my teaching career as, you know, when I was in the classroom as not successful, but I think it actually was because it's, it got me to where I am, you know, today. And, and so I think, again, if you're struggling with something, if you're stuck on not finding an answer, if you're challenged by something going on, look in, like the answer is in you somewhere. Sometimes it's buried deep, but it's not going to be in, it's, it, or it might be in a book, but it's going to be in a book that you have to then create meaning for you. You know, I constantly talk about like consuming and creating. And it's another thing I love that you have like action tips in your book too, because it's one thing to read it. It's one thing to read it and understand it, but it's not that we just want a hundred like Brandon Beck's run in the world, right? We want a hundred individuals running the world or a thousand or a million, however many. And what, what that, that takes is reading something, consuming content, but then creating your own meaning. And so I loved, I loved that piece that you, you added that in so that people really do have to stop and think, oh, how does this relate to me in my classroom, in my job, whatever it looks like? Yeah, the action steps 
for immediate implementation. And I came up with those words, immediate implementation, because I want you to read the book. I want you to put down the book, stop reading chapter two and go and do something tomorrow. And I tried to make them so they were simple enough so that you could walk out of the book after reading chapter two, chapter three, and you could do something. And then also you could return to it and say, oh, I really want to focus on social emotional learning. Let me just read these quick pages and just fuel my fire. Let me read these pages and say, I'm going to take that strategy and I'm going to use that. Let me use that story today. Because I think that that's, you know, another thing that's really important is for us to really push ourselves to, to continue to share our stories. And I think that that's what came out of this a lot for me is, is I then started this whole idea of, for me, what I needed was I needed those Twitter chats. I needed those spaces to connect. I needed podcasts to be able to sit and talk. Like I love doing these to the point where I'm actually going to start my own part podcast. It is coming out soon. I'm definitely going to come after you for a guest. And the point, the point is, is, is trying to have a space to create connections, but also create content and to be able to create content is just having places for people to go to listen to a, a podcast. I mean, I, I discovered podcasts and use them more since the pandemic because I find myself taking a run or a walk and I'd be listening to a podcast. And now I'm getting to know people by listening to their podcasts. Now I'm getting to know people by having them come on my podcast and we record our conversation. And I, I just really appreciate all that. And for me, that has given me so much fire in my belly to go back into the classroom to rise above adversity and for me that was what i needed that may not be what you need and that's also what it's about with unlocking a limited potential like there is no there's no roadmap there's no blue pill that i can give you it's basically you have to find out what it is that keeps you going and whatever that is hold on to it make it consistent create habits around it Make sure that you're reading for sure, because reading is good to do and it's inspiring. And just make sure that you're open-minded so that you're, you're listening to others and you can talk to somebody and bounce things and bounce ideas off of is what I recommend. Absolutely. I think, I think you nailed it. Like you, you create your path. You are creating your path right now. It's not predetermined. It's not pre-written. Um, it can be if you follow somebody else's. But if you commit to creating yours, then, then you get to create yours and whatever that looks like. And um, I think it's that time of year where a lot of people are thinking about, you know, what is my path going to lead me on this year? What is 2021 going to look like? So as we, as we wrap up today, Brandon, I would love to know, you know, you mentioned the podcast. What, what else does 2021 have in store for you or what are your hopes or goals for this year? So much. I want to connect as much as possible. I want to inspire as much as possible. I'm looking forward to speaking again. I'm looking forward to speaking in person in a conference that is in person someday that I can't wait to return to a stage and, and be able to share those, share my work and also learn from the people in the crowds and in the audiences. Um, I'm coming up with a podcast. That podcast is going to also in addition to just being a one-on-one -on -one podcast, also going to do some meetings of the minds. I'm still working those details out, live streaming as well. And in addition to that, I'm creating an online class that I'm going to be having so that it's something that people can also just, if they don't have time, they can do it on their own. They can go through the class. It's aligned to some of the things in the book. I'm also excited about 
so many different things, but I'm also very happy about where everything's going. There's lots of opportunities at Codebreaker. Codebreaker has brought on great people like yourself and also so many great other authors. And I'm just excited to connect with all of them and, and learn more about their stories. I think I've read every Codebreaker book that there is. And I love doing that because I get an opportunity to learn about everybody's path and how they got to where they are and how they're, where they're going. And I think that's really essential. And I think it's important for that. So I'm excited about all those things going on. And I'm also going to be having a book club, totally free book club, one, maybe two meetings, but definitely one meeting coming up in February to get some readers together just to casually chat. I'll throw in some free gifts and surprises. And the whole thing is going to be a lot of fun and just an opportunity to connect with more people. So lots of connections in 2021. Oh, I love it. I cannot wait. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, this year, you know, it's, it's the sixth and amazing things have already happened. And I, I just cannot wait to, to build that momentum. And I can't wait to, uh, to uh, celebrate and cheer you on along your journey. So I'm excited for that. Um, Brandon, if people aren't connected with you yet, what is the best way for them to find you? My website is brandonbeckedu.com. Everything is there. My YouTube channel is there. Twitter, Instagram is brandonbeckedu as well. So I try to keep it simple. And if you buy the book, you see all the contact information in there. You can reach out to me. I love it when people connect with me and tell me that they're reading the book. I love seeing pictures of people reading the book. It warms my heart. It makes my day. And I am super excited about all that's happening. And I'm super excited for your journal as well. Thank you so much. I know I am. I am excited to get that into uh, out into the world. But not gonna lie, I have those. It's scary. It's that scary time. But it's that scary um, excitedness, I guess, if you will. So Super excited. I will share more about that once the release date is set for that. Um, but I think it's coming soon, which is exciting. Um, so Brandon, thank you so much. It has been amazing connecting more with you today. And I just thank you for your time and all that you shared today on the podcast. Thank you. And I look forward to hearing more about your journey. Awesome. All right, listeners. Well, there you have it. Another new episode with Dr. Brandon Beck. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I will be back next week with a brand new episode. So until then, have an amazing week ahead. Own who you are, love who you are, trust who you are, and they will help define who you are. Talk to you all soon.